0: welcome once again to another episode of the horizon roundtable i am bob mcdonald i'm on twitter at bob mcdonald and i'm also at campuspressbox.com and with me as always jimmy lemke
1: hello everybody um i run pantheru.com and i also uh i also record this podcast and just a little uh Little slow rolling right now, just kind of taking it easy, enjoying my weekend. I hope everybody else is as well.
0: Jimmy, of course, uh, on Twitter at Path3U as well. And Jimmy, of course, uh, no week would be complete without a guest. So this week we have my uh, one of uh, one of my colleagues over at Campus Press Box, Garrick Jones.
1: How's it going, guys?
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, man. It's and- good to talk to you.
0: Yeah. And, of course, uh, you can find us on 4lights.fm uh, and wherever good podcasts are distributed. So, go check us out, as always. Of course, you can also click on the subscribe button and, you know, save yourself the time. So, we're this close, guys. We are close to the start of the season. So, needless to say, we've got a bunch of people who are, a bunch of teams who are uh, you know, warming up and uh, doing some preseason exhibition-type action. Uh, by and large, most of the teams are doing well, with the most noted exception of Detroit, who lost to Wayne State. So we got to talk about that one, because uh, this is, uh, I, I have kind of been on the fence on <clears throat> Detroit's transition, all things considered. Um, I know they got Chris Jenkins back. Uh, but it seems like they lost a lot of firepower, and I know the games don't count, but you know, not a good look. So
1: uh, yeah. Uh,
2: well, let's let's start off with there was there was no point guard in that game. Uh, Josh McFally has been hurt. They won't. No one will say why he's hurt, and I'm not good enough friends with him to ask him. Uh, But he he was not able to play. And apparently uh, Aaron Foster Smith was coming off an injury. That's why he only played nine minutes. Um, And I I guess Gerald Blackshear was not in uh, BA's good graces. But regardless, when you play a walk-on 19 minutes um, and he goes 0 for 3 from the floor and 0 for 2 uh, shooting, that's not going to go well. And when you only got two players, I, you know, I guess that's what happens. But if that's what happened with Swain State, I'm kind of nervous to see what a very good Ferris State team does to them on Monday. Um, they started a, a true freshman and Cole Long who didn't have any other D1 offers, or he had one. I take that back. He had one. Um, I just I, I don't know what's going on down there. I've, I have not been around to ask, but uh, there's a lot of kids on that team that, I have an odd feeling probably shouldn't be on a d1 team right now
1: that's something that happens with transition by the way sometimes you just need bounties yeah
2: which i that's something i get and i I was expecting but i i didn't expect it to be this bad um i mean it's only an exhibition so we're gonna see um but it's it was not a good start at all especially when you look at Wayne State's not very good for a D2 team they're they're subpar and they they really took it to them
1: there should be noted that i mean Wayne State is in town and it's those games are always more important to the lower division team just like it's important for us you know in playing the low, you know the the in-state high majors you know the game, a game a game for detroit and oakland's going to take more importance with you know a game with michigan state or michigan than a game with central Mission is going to take just because of what it you know what that is and what that means to you know the program what it would mean to win that game so i just don't think that uh <clears throat> i just don't think that like you know it wouldn't be surprising to me to know that you know the detroit players didn't Take it as big of a game as you know it. It was taken by the Wayne State guys. I know that not that long ago, you know, less than ten years ago, I want to say it was two thousand seven or two thousand eight. You know, our guys lost a game against UW Parkside, and it was embarrassing to lose the game. But I mean, you just you have to know that that local teams, going to be. It's going to be a lot more important to them to to take it to you. So the chance of winning it. Is gonna, you know, it's gonna happen. Yeah, you know, a lot, a lot high. It's gonna be a lot higher than if you were playing some out of state, low, you know, low major or division two team, just because they don't have the that added intra city
3: <clears throat>
1: introspection that, or you know, intra city perspective that they do with other teams.
0: Trying things out, working out the kinks, blah 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 about that. So. And maybe I'm wrong about this, but to me, it would be a matter of, you know, it doesn't count for these teams, but at the same time, you know, to me, I would think there would be a little bit of a pride thing involved in this. And not to mention the fact that workout the Kings thing, if you are in a situation like Detroit is where, again, as you mentioned, Carrick, you have a walk-on who's playing a significant amount of minutes and not really producing all that much um it, it's not terribly it, it seems to me you get a little bit foreboding for the rest of the season especially when you're talking about a situation in detroit where you transition there that's you know going to be pretty tough it sounds like
2: yeah it's it's not going to be easy and then you 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 throw on top of it that matt grant one of your senior returners can't play until December because he's ineligible because uh, he picked a real major it, it's, it's really upsetting and then I, I just realized sitting here looking at it, uh, the other guy who played 22 minutes at point guard only had one D1 offer and that was from Detroit uh, so you essentially have two walk-ons taking all your time up up top it's, it's unfortunate but it is what it is the good news is Corey Allen's the real deal Corey Allen played really, really well, um, and he's our he's our three star guy out of uh, Ypsilanti. So that that was the uh, happy part out of it.
0: You know, not, now mind you, of course, not to down now not to downplay the significance of of walk-ons. I will point to the the example of a couple of the walk-ons that they have on the Cleveland State side, like Daniel Levitt. I mean, that kid can shoot lights out, and somehow he's still a walk-on, but. But I, I understand, obviously, what you're saying, that uh, this, you know, and, and, you know, the fact that you have, you do see some bright spots in there, you know, a little bit of a silver lining. But at the same time, the, it looks like the rain is definitely coming.
2: Yeah, it's it's not going to be a fun uh,
1: next three months, four months. Yeah. So,
0: um,
1: transition, man. It's it's just, it's always going to be like that with transition.
0: Well, let me ask both of you this. Even obviously, in
1: the good transition, it's still difficult.
0: Since we're looking at it, I'm looking at it from a standpoint because, you know, Carrick, obviously, you you follow Detroit. Jimmy, you're following, you follow Milwaukee, and you have two instances where the transition, you know, obviously the transition was a little difficult. You know, obviously, uh, Carrick, in your case, it, you know, the the the, the process of getting... You know, everybody to finally get Bakari Alexander in as the head coach seemed like it took forever. Um, and then Jimmy, obviously on your end, you know, we we've talked about your that situation up there quite a bit in terms of you know how how that whole trans that transition went down. When you look at it from the picking up where he left off, but also in a better situation coming in, but also and. Down in Wright State, where you have Scott Nagy coming in, but also a guy with a uh, better, probably a better situation. Where do you see, you know, where do you see it from the standpoint of, you know, what you guys have as opposed to what others have, or don't have for that matter, or what process you guys had to go through as opposed to the other processes um, and some of the other schools that made changes this uh, off season.
1: Well, I wouldn't say that. Um, I wouldn't say that. Wright State had the smoothest transition. Um, they're lucky to get Scott Nagy. Uh, he's an excellent coach, and I don't expect that it'll take him too long to get it started. But you got to remember that also when when he first took over at South Dakota State, when they were Division school, it took him a little bit of time, and when they went from Division two to Division one, it took him a few years to get them going up to, you know, up to par with, you know, once they were in Division One. So I don't think that it's necessarily something that is, how would I say, I don't, I don't think Wright states is, is necessarily the easiest transition. Um, now, obviously, we have a little bit of a special case as far as how odd ours has been. And, you know, Detroit is, you know, moving into a direction that, um, you know, they're, they're only a couple of years removed from their last NCAA tournament appearance, but you know, it's, um, it's really a case by case thing. It's, it's not, I don't think any of the situations are exactly like the others. Um, you know, we went through this transition to get a, to get a guy who, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm completely supportive of because I liked i I knew that the last guy was was good enough to be the guy, and they have almost the same resume coming out of their previous job, you know down at Valpo, you know matt Lottich he's a new coach, yeah, but he's also you know he's also been there he <laughs> he he also is you know one of those guys down there, so and he's been Bryce's guy for a while, and it's not like he's completely new to things. You know, Bakari. Bakari may be you know new to you know coaching, you know being a head coach for that program, but he is a Detroit guy. You know, it, there's there's a big there's a big benefit to being to to knowing the campus, knowing the people, knowing the fan base, than there is stepping in and completely doing something completely different like Scott Nagy or up here with Lavelle Jordan. Uh, I don't expect any of these teams, including Valpo, to be running uh, at the speed they were before. Uh, I do expect Valpo to be good. Uh, I don't expect Valpo to turn the... you know I don't expect Valpo to just turn the lights on and just start mm-hmm. doing everything the way they were before. They did lose players. It, it, there is transition. Uh, it's not just... Yeah, you know, and, and those players that are still there have to get used to Matt Lodich not as an assistant coach, but as their head coach. So it's going to be tra- some transition time. Um, I expect their non-conference season this year will probably not be as successful as it was last year. And that's not a negative thing. You know, Bryce Drew is not going to be there forever. Well, All coaches are never going to be where be, they are the forever. <laughs> so it's, it's, it takes a bit of time. Um,
0: but he's obviously the exception not the rule.
1: <clears> yeah. But. Well, yeah. Actually- yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I I th- I think you have to be a special person to be able to be willing to stick it out with a mid major for as long as Greg Campy's been there. He was the coach there for a long time, and he just he really got comfortable, and he's found a home to stay forever, and that's that's great, and we all want that guy, but at the same time, you know most coaches are temporary you know the people that are constant are not the athletic department employees and the university employees and the and the coaching staff it's it's the the fan base and it's those those players that graduate and become part of the alumni you know the, those those are the those are the people that make your program so you have to get somebody you know, you, you have to make sure that as a coach You're able to tap into those resources. Um, You you, you do the coaching thing, you do the recruiting thing, but it takes a bit of time to earn the trust of fans and alumni. And a guy, you know, Matt Lodich has that trust. Um, You know, Bakari Alexander, is anybody at Detroit? Really, uh, you know, is, is is anybody at Detroit really like worried about what Bakari is going to be as a coach? I think that it's like here in Milwaukee, just on a better, uh, on a on a more a closer level, in that, we're they're willing to wait it out. I mean, care would that be, would that be right that you guys, that Detroit fans are really kind of willing to, you know, give Bakari every chance he needs to, to be to become the coach that they hope he can be. I would say, for the most part,
2: um, I personally am very critical of him because I have to say, I am I am not at all impressed. Um, in fact, I'm the, I'm actually kind of disappointed on how he's done things so far. Um, it, it you know I was really excited to get away from Ray, and then once the more and more I see this guy, the more and more I think, man, we just have a more charismatic version of Ray. Um, so I I'm very critical, but. I think for the most part, the fan base is just excited to have him, which is, it's great. You know, a lot of the, the guys that are, are really big in our fan base were, you know, just out of college or in their 30s, or early 30s, late 20s when he was playing there. And they made those runs, so they had that connection with him. Um, obviously, losing to Wayne State, that, that pretty much tipped me in the uh, category of, okay, you better start doing well fairly quick because I'm going to be very critical the whole way through. Because I think it's just it's irresponsible. I Josh better have a very serious injury to be sitting out a, a exhibition game. You lose. Um, I mean, there's there's tons of things Bakari could have done already that that would have made the transition less difficult. Do you try to get run to just six year? Do you try to keep Paris bound and maybe baby him for a year? He'll go to the draft. You have a good player. I you know I don't know. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm not Ian Callahan making those decisions, but I. I feel like, even recruiting wise, uh, you know, are the guys he signed the best he could do? Or are they bodies that fit your system? Because, you know, the, the six or the seven foot one German kid, yeah, he's seven foot one, but everybody's saying he's not going to be able to participate or do anything worthwhile for a year. You got this Cole Long kid out of Nova Scotia that no one's ever heard of. Of, of what he's going to do. I think he's got a great vision, but I, I just don't know um, what he's going to do short term. And I, I, like you guys said, I don't think it's going to be fun.
0: And I keep forgetting mentioned. Um, yeah. I keep calling him Detroit. I keep forgetting it's Detroit mercy. It's like officially Detroit mercy now. Really? Yes. Yeah. We had this big, t- we had this big thing about, yeah, we talked about it last week about the, yeah, it's Detroit mercy with the logo and all that crap.
1: I didn't... Oh, don't even get me (laughs) started.
0: I don't need to get you started, Carrick. You already already wrote about it already. In great detail. And I haven't stopped laughing. I'm sorry.
2: In great detail, which has gotten me... It's gotten me death threats. Like, there are young alumni that are just drinking the Detroit Mercy Kool-Aid to the point of anyone who says anything that's not complimentary is like the devil. And I've tried very nicely to explain... I've spent more time with the administration of Detroit Mercy, in meetings in the last year and a half than you've you have in your life, and I assure you, none of them are angry. It's it's just ridiculous. Our fan base makes me laugh hysterically, because I am such an evil person. Anytime I say anything that's not complimentary of them. Ah,
1: well, you know Criti- you criticism. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of odd, like. People just expect, like, everything that is the decision of the university has to be, like, as, as fans, we need to just no, automatically accept and support and promote everything that they do, when obviously that shouldn't be the case. Okay. You know, we're all, we're all of our own, we all can make decisions, and. Support whatever side we want in any argument. so it's just odd that people get so bent out of shape when you don't agree with them on things.
0: I'm, I'm sorry, but if you if you have to if you have to resort to death threats, you're an idiot, okay? I don't care who you are. I mean seriously, that's just dumb. I mean, what is wrong with you? That, what is wrong with you? what what microchip did popped in your head? Where you, you know, where somebody, you know, brings, uh, you know, brings something up that you don't agree with and you got to be like, well, I'm going to kill this guy. You got to be kidding me with that. That's some dumb, dumb, dumb stuff, you know. You know, it's it's freaking, it's freaking college, it's freaking college athletics, people. It's not the end-all, be-all human existence, okay? no And no matter what you guys, no matter what anybody thinks, it, you know, and I should know, i for prior to the Cavs winning the championship, I, you know, anyway, I don't want to talk about. It. Uh, but, um, I'm still getting, I'm still getting over Game Seven, so of uh, the World Series. But that's,
1: you know, you know, good win. Oh, what, what what oh, happened in the World Series? The I no, didn't no, hear. They,
0: they deserve it. It was. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> that well, well, what happened was it, there was a oh, okay. game that happened, Jimmy. And it went it went to extra innings, and another team won that wasn't the home team. So that's that's what happened. But <laughs> um, uh, but I I I want to bring up one other thing as well. Um, and this is kind of if with regards to, um, we, we bring up, you know, uh, we brought up the exhibitions and everything. The one thing I also did want to bring up as well was the um was the game that, uh, UIC's game, speaking of, yes, yeah, speaking of Chicago, you know, <laughs> um, particular contest was Dikembe Dixon with 34 points. Now, once again, um, it is an exhibition, doesn't count, but man, I gotta be honest with you, I, I don't want to play him this year. <laughs> I think it, it, I think that that UIC group is going to be, uh, Pretty, you know, I, I, I already think, I actually already think that, you know, the the Horizon League itself from about three, spot number three to, you know, from spot to number three to about 10 is going to be basically all of these guys beating each other bloody. But, man, I don't really want to, you I see with Dixon and Odiasi. They're going to be tough. I mean, they're going to be tough. Tough, especially for those uh, schools that may not have that front court presence. I, I think those guys are going di- to be difference makers this year. Big time.
1: Well, we knew we knew seeing Dikembe Dixon play last year that he was an incredibly – talented young player and now that he's a year older and is filling more into the body is only going to get better from here so we kind of have to get used to it because we're going to see him for a couple years more and he's what he's a great talent so i am I mean, I'm 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 going to enjoy watching him play as a UIC name, and, and Steve, he's a guy that you build right a program the, around. Brought him right with him. And a, a lot of us don't have that okay. player to grow, you grow a winning program around. You know, a lot of us, if our, our best players are easily, you know, are all seniors or they're not at that talent level, it's rare that you get that talent level – in an underclassman. So it's a really, really good thing that he's there.
0: You know, the Dikembe obviously is one good example. Rob Edwards at Cleveland state is another good example. Um, but you know, you look at it and yeah, he's on a whole other level and we're, we're, we've got three more, you know, we we've all got three more seasons of the guy. So, but the good news is also you, you look at a, you look at that UIC team that they're, they're, they we've been wondering when as when uh, when they were going to get uh, turn uh, turn the corner and I think this is going to be the season where they finally they finally turn the corner where they're not the perennial bottom half of the league this year I, I really think they're going to be that 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 dark horse to. to to be in that top, uh, not only to be in the top half, but I I think they might, you know, if, if depending on, you know, how things break, um, they might be, uh, they might be, they might be in the conversation to, uh, conversation to uh, take the league. I'm not saying they're favorites, obviously. That's obviously going to be Valpo, but I don't know. I mean, depending on how McLean's got them, got them playing. I, 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 it's definitely not, you know, it's definitely not two years ago where they had they were sitting at, they were staring at the staring at the rest of the league at you know in ten, in last place and they, they just weren't going anywhere. The def, different different UIC team altogether, and I, I think that that goes to the the I think that really speaks to what the type of th- things that, that Steve McClain has accomplished to kind of change the culture within that particular program. Because that program was a wreck. That program was a complete wreck. And now we're talking about a team that, that could definitely, uh, definitely compete you know, this year and definitely next year, and the next year, you know, next couple of years.
2: Yeah, they're they're going to be good. They have a lot of. They have like six guys, I think. I'm trying. I'm pulling up one of the previews on them. They have six guys that are six, eight, or bigger that are all going to rotate in the rotation. I mean, that's that's a size you get to throw around. I I feel like
0: that's amazing too because you don't you don't usually get that kind of size in a Horizon League team, really. I mean, outside of maybe Valpo, outside of Valpo, who's who's been able to get those guys of that size. By and large, being a guard-driven league, you don't generally see that kind of size. And they're able, and they're able to do that. And they're able to pull. I think they're. I mean, you know, I think they're definitely going to. You get another. You get a couple of. uh, You know. You you get that backcourt to gel along with that front frontcourt, watch out. Well,
2: and that's the thing. I mean, they're probably going to be running a six eight guy at the two, because Dixon and Santos are both really, really two guys. That's and you look at what Jalen Hayes and Paris Bass were able to do last year. Right. I mean, luck to Dixon. Stop yep. him now. I'm not ready. I. They're. Who's going to be able to stop him?
0: let uh, let say, Yeah, no, uh, no, I know. No, that's one. Yeah, absolutely. I, the the only. Alex yeah, Pierce. Alex Pierce. You know, uh, maybe I don't know how. how you know what?
2: Will they help him gets taken out of the game with three fouls, five minutes in? I mean, that's like,
0: gonna be a thing. I mean, yeah. That's, I I I mean, I I think of, I think of the matchup that you know I think of that, and, and again I think of that matchup, and I think of like Cleveland State that only that runs runs that three guard uh, that runs that three guard. Uh, lineup and your biggest player is DeMonte Flanagan and yeah, that that's not you know I don't that that's that's a little you know that's a little intimidating to you know, in terms of what my school looks like. I don't know about anybody else, man.
2: (laughs) I mean I, I I think Chris Jenkins could probably keep up with him. Um, but he's just going to get destroyed if he gets him one-on-one in the paint. So I, there's nobody on Detroit besides Logan yeah. and Jenkins that can even think about defending him. I mean, there's no one on Detroit between those two and McFally who can defend. So we, we saw that against Wayne State. Yeah, that's going to
0: be a huge problem for the league. And, you know, again, hats off hats off to Steve McLean and UIC for, you know, writing the ship as quick as... That seems like they have. I mean, because it looks like they really have. I mean, that's that's a that's a big deal for them. You know, given where they were at at this point in time last year, I mean, it took them all nearly the entire season to win one game, and now we're having the conversation about how they're probably going to be much better this year. So that's that's seismic. That is absolutely uh, a complete complete 180. Well,
2: and the other thing you got to look at with them is even when they were losing, they were still playing well. I remember when they came up to Detroit... They were. When they came up to Detroit in January, I mean, we were we were playing, you know, going two for three on them, either hitting a two or three every time down, but they were matching a shot for shot. Bass would go down and score, and then their guy would go down and score, and Brunnage would go down and score, and then one of their guards would come down and score. So they they were able to keep up with teams. I mean, they didn't Get a lot of wins, but they they at least stayed competitive. It didn't never got out of hand to the last five ten minutes. So I, it could be really interesting to see what they could do. That's for sure. All
0: right, yeah. Um, one last thing I did want to br- and bring up as well is because obviously within the next week, we, you know, with the the games are going to count, and we're going to be in the non-conference schedule. Um, when you look at it from that standpoint. When you look at from the the non-conference stand, I think in terms of above, you know, terms of how these teams perform, I think that's going to be because I think what we're going to need to see is, you know, it's it is this in this non-conference schedule because especially for a team like a, especially for a team like a Cleveland State, where yeah they have you have a Kentucky and a Purdue who are you know top twenty five teams and of the competition within the league um how is it important in terms of the competition within the league how is it important in terms of the competition within the league um how is it important in terms of the competition within the league um how is it important in terms of the competition within the league? How, impor- how, is it important, in terms how important is it for the rest uh, for the entire the schools in the conference to do well? In, uh, how, how important is is it for them to essentially outperform what is expected of them in their non-conference schedules?
2: Well, I, I think it personally, it's huge. Um, because it, 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 gives you that conference reputation and especially against, you know, the, the power five conferences, I think at least getting one or two wins would, would definitely help us when it comes to selection time.
0: And one of the other, and I, and that also speaks to kind of how we, we've talked about this multiple times. I mean, we talked about it last episode. We talked about it over the last, uh, you know, last season of how, the conference has started, you know, has kind of trended downward in the last couple of seasons. I think that needs to, you know, the, what they do in the non-conference this, term, this time around in terms of how they absolutely crucial, in terms of how they, how they turn around, how, you know, the relative underperformance of the conference in general. Does it happen? I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of the $64,000 question.
2: I mean, outside of Valpo, is there really anybody that has any heavy hitters that they can actually beat? Um, I mean, Detroit's got Florida State and Illinois. And say, one, Detroit's primed to beat them, and, and two, that either one of those are that good of a win. But, I mean, do you really think you guys could knock off Kentucky? Or I mean, I don't know who Milwaukee or anybody. Um, like that, yeah. so. I mean,
0: it's... Yeah, I mean, you know, on the Cleveland State schedule, the three teams that I see that are probably not gonna not looking like wins are the, the. But I mean, Cleveland State has has on occasion surprised many people before, so you know you never know. I mean, Kentucky's always tough though. That's 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 a. I, I don't really you know they they there there would have to be a miracle of of apocalyptic proportions for that to be a you know for that to be a win for them. Um,
1: well,
2: Tuesday, Bob, after Tuesday, anything can happen.
0: Yeah, well, after, with, well it, if the apocalypse didn't, it didn't happen with a Cubs-Indians World Series, I think we're okay for the rest of the year. I'm kind of throwing that out there. We didn't fall into the sea right before Game 1, so... Uh, um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I think um, in terms of yeah, I, I don't, I don't really see it. I mean, maybe standpoint of our Power 5 conferences, I don't know if that's in the cards. Getting a win from one of those Power 5 conferences, I don't know if that's in the cards, but I look at it more from a standpoint of those, 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 those higher performing mid-majors just like us, you know, getting our shot against the best of those particular teams and you know, kind of see what we go through from there. I don't know. I mean, that's that—that's the way I see it. I
3: don't know. I mean, we've got Memphis and we have DePaul. DePaul, and if we if we lose to both of them, I just hope that it's they're not blowouts. Um, that's what you really want to avoid is you want to avoid getting getting embarrassed. You don't want to have somebody to. Look at the bottom line and go, oh man, Depaul just kicked the crap out of that little team because they're just going to think, well, that means Depaul is, you know, yeah, they don't. People don't think Depaul is any good, so if Depaul takes out Milwaukee by 35, that's just going to hurt Milwaukee in the eyes of whoever that is. You just don't want to be embarrassed. And at this point, I, what I don't want to, what I want to do as much as possible and is to n- not be a drag yeah. on everybody else. Um, I don't wanna be the I don't wanna be the reason that Valpo doesn't get in that large. You know what I mean? Like that that's just I don't wanna be that team that, that drags down Valpo's RPI so much or, you know, Oakland's RPI so much that whoever went next to the NCAA tournament loses you know, ends up a fifteen or sixteen seed because their friends is garbage. That's what, what I, I that, that's just what I don't want is to end up Mm -hmm. getting screwed screwing the guys that do make it um i want to be the guys that make it i know that's probably going to be a few years at least so i'm i i I just i want to be a help to everybody else who is in in our program in our conference i I don't want to be the the downside guy i don't want to be like the the drag um one last
0: thing that i want to did uh did want to talk about um kind of close out the show is that, um, Mary Ellen Gillespie, the athletic director up at Green Bay, uh, she is one of the finalists for the athletic director job at St. John's. Now, um, near as I can tell, I, given the athletic budgets of basically all the rest of the schools in this conference, honestly, Nobody has done more with less than Green Bay. <laughs> I mean, that that's maybe I'm not looking at it correctly, but that that's what I look, that's what I see. Uh, you have a, you have a.
3: No, that's certain. That's certainly true. Yeah,
0: I mean, you have a you have a program that's, that that's you know you get Link and they, you they're back in the they're able to get back into the, uh, you know, the Horizon League tournament for the first time in twenty years. And. Just those, just on those two, pro, just on the strength of those two programs, um, that really is, that really is uh, something that really exemplifies the job that that entire department has done under the uh, under the uh, leadership of Gillespie. So, with that said, if she does end up at uh, St. John's, what does that do to? What is that going to end up doing to Green Bay, in terms of who's going to take over?
3: And- I don't think it's going to be as big. I don't think it's going to be as big of a drop as you think. Okay. And just because we know that we know that Green Bay has already done this, uh, Ken Boff ran that department for a very long
1: time, and he left for Northern Kentucky when uh, Northern Kentucky was
3: still in the Sun. And everybody is, like, really worried, you know, how are they going to do without him? Well, she and that program, they did a pretty good job getting, Link Darner. So, I mean, I don't know how much, I mean, she wasn't there for, I mean, she wasn't the athletic director getting the Crest Center built or getting any major upgrades in the Rush Center. She didn't get in the way of anything. I know that. I know that she uh, I know that she's you know, kinda kept certain things going that that Ken Butt was doing. So it it comes back to it comes back to the the real steward, you know, the real program is you know your your fans and alumni and you know those people really really... backed up that program through things like the steak fry and corporate sponsors like Bell and Health have been able, to, you know, really back Green Bay. So what matters is you get somebody to come in and be a steward that isn't going to, you know, take things backwards. And I don't know who that. I don't know who that is, obviously, but I, I'm sure that Green Bay, if they were to, you know, if she were to leave, that Green Bay would just, you know, it's 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 next man up. It's always that way, because frankly, that's always how it's going to be, especially on our level. You know, there. athletic departments and at high majors are always can you know keep an eye out who's who's the next guy who's gonna succeed barry alvarez at wisconsin to be their ad who's going who's 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 gonna step in there and go for that job and that's that's something that's gonna be on people's minds whether you're talking about um you know whether you're talking about Somebody who's doing a great job or somebody who's maybe retiring or maybe somebody who's bad and you want to get out of there. You I mean, you're always thinking about who's man up. So I don't think I don't think I would expect Green Bay to just fall apart. I think that they'll be fine. And I think Mary Ellen Gillespie, you know, if if, if it's her if it's her her destiny to get to St. John's, then you know I hope she gets it.
0: Alright, well, um, all right, well, I think I'll about wrap it up. I think we lost Carrick somewhere along the way. No, you
2: know, I'm here. Um, I I don't know. I, I think Green Bay is the only show in town, and I think there's a lot of other shows in town up in uh, New York by St. John's, and I, I don't necessarily know I would leave Green Bay to go to St. John's if it meant not being successful, but I don't know. Well, I it's hard to do yeah. things in St. John's.
3: I well, you know, it's... I don't think success is really much in the cards in Saint John's in the way that we would think of success. So I don't know if I would be I don't know if I would be really worried about not being successful in the way that we would expect a program to be successful. Um I think Saint John's is one of those that yeah. just make the tournament and that's relatively easy. So
0: Yeah, I think, so, I should, I think mean, she would you know, do fine point you know I yeah,
1: wish the best of luck to her in getting that job yeah. and you know uh,
0: yeah at a certain point in time always, you
1: always you
3: have a, to make sure you do have
0: a, room a room. certain point in time you know the when when those don't grow on trees I mean if you know if even even as even if it is you know and St. John's is you know is there in a very good situation I think that you know conference-wise they're taking in the right direction they they need to, they 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 definitely need somebody to keep, certainly would so um, in terms of how that whole thing works yeah again who knows we won't probably find out about it for a little while but um, anyway um, like I said that should wrap it about or wrap it up for us um, and uh, thank you once again Carrick for uh, for joining us uh, I. I presume this week we will be seeing some more of your stuff in Campus Press Box, and if not I'll just, oh, awesome, good, because if not I was going to harass the hell out of you, but that's, <laughs> where's my stuff, no, you're fine, um, alright, and that's it, so next week, uh, so next week the, the season begins, so uh, we'll we'll. we'll